place out there. You know what this is? Es ist die Sammlung von Lebensgeistern. Ja, es ist eine Sammlung von Lebensgeistern. I mean, we found someone's collection of life from all over the galaxy, like a child's butterfly collection. Only that some of these butterflies are not so friendly. Welcome to Screen Run. I'm your host, the Lady Juan, and I'm here with... Chris Scalzo. Screen Run is the podcast where we discuss the films of a particular artist or franchise one by one. And in season two, we have been discussing the Alien films. And today is our season finale. So, uh, I know. What a long, strange journey it's been. Hmm. So we're going to make it even weirder. And um, we're going to talk about a knockoff <laughs> Alien movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, we are discussing 1985's Creature. That's right. We thought we wanted to go a little something derivative. Yeah. Because we want to do a wrap-up show with just mom and dad. <laughs> and uh, so no guests today. Just the um, slight affection between the two hosts. <laughs> I didn't want to go so far as to use the L word. So... Yeah, no, we wanted to give you a little something that's a big wrap up like mm-hmm. we did last time with uh, Silent Bob and his a his crew. Car. So we thought, let's pick one of the knockoffs yeah. and probably one of the better known uh, alien knockoffs, though it has a lot of other stuff that it will say politely borrows from. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, this is one of those more famous kind of B sci-fi movies from the 80s. So I'm kind of excited to talk about it. I'm extremely excited to talk about this because I had never heard of this movie. And mm. from the moment it starts with Ferris Bueller's dad, uh, <laughs> That's right. I, was, I totally forgot. I was that. like, That's oh, right. hell yes. <laughs> I had totally forgotten that. Uh, yeah. Oh, the first thing in my head I that I was thinking of was maybe we should shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that he's playing the role exactly the same way he played a frustrated suburban dad. Like, he's just the same guy. The man has range. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Uh, What an experience. So, like I said, I I had not seen this movie. Mm -hmm. And I simply pressed play. And the cold open was wild. Oh, yeah. Uh and then while the credits, like the opening credits started, I was just sort of taken aback by how quickly they briefly show like, oh, this is uh, Titan, Saturn's moon. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we also started it. with text on the screen and a voiceover in case you can't read <laughs> telling us the setup. But then again, just like snapping through the setup and I was like what wait what is this a slow movie or a fast movie so already they're confusing me and then in the first scene where we meet the crew and Ferris Bueller's dad I asked aloud to no one is this a parody movie because the performances are some of them are interesting uh the woman who speaks in constant whining in the first scene is like well why are we doing this well what i was like this doesn't feel like a futuristic space mission this feels like 
a gum popping eighties lady, which she was. (laughs) I, uh, this, this is the most eighties space movie I've ever seen. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, so it came out in 1985, right? So this is a film by Transworld Entertainment. They were one of the small, you know, like Canon. <laughs> they were uh, one of the minor producing companies. They put stuff out occasionally theatrically, mostly for your home video market. And they, uh, the director, William Malone, had, had some relative success with Scared to Death, which is his first film. And they said, "Well, what do you want to do? You want to make another movie?" It was pretty. It wasn't. Too, it was pretty successful for us. And he goes, "Yo, I got this idea." So he <laughs> came up with Creature, you know, as for him as an homage mm-hmm. to those kind of 50s horror films. Yeah. And you can really see that. Now, listen, I've seen a ton of those, but mostly just via Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But uh, there is a lot of those touches in this, and but there are a lot of alien references as well. And of course, mm-hmm. you're going to want to cash in on what is one of the most successful horror films of that time. So, yeah, they get together and they... They go to make this film. Now, what I love about this, too, is that they're like, there's no studio or anything. So they found some abandoned warehouse to film this thing. (laughs) But one of my favorite things about the film, one of the inspired decisions, though you're taking your life in your hand when you do this, is to hire Klaus Kinski (laughs) to start to feature in your film. They had him for one week. And you can tell because there's a scene later on when he comes back as like a possessed alien thing, which we'll talk about because I still don't quite understand how that all worked. That uh, at one point there's body doubles. So when he comes back as to possess, Kinski's long gone. Yeah, probably assaulting somebody. <laughs> but that the he's a madman. He absolutely. There's a couple scenes too, or one I absolutely love where he's just sitting there eating like a burger, and and you know what it was? He was like hungry, and he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna yeah. order some In and Out, and we'll do the scene, and that's it." Because Kinski is nuts. Yeah. Never. There's this scene too where he like assaults a woman, and part of me's like, I bet you that's not even the script. In the I know. Script. I I was like, this feels real. This is yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so he he brings a level of madness and unpredictability to everything he is in. Oh yeah. And uh, even as a character in a movie, when you're interacting with him as a character, never trust Kinski in any capacity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he was. Just out of nowhere, overwhelmingly menacing. Just like you said, can't can't trust the guy. He is squirrely, very unnerving. Oof. I know too. He's not even in the original script. There are no German survivors originally, <laughs> but they 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 were able to get him for a week. And they're like, all right, well, let's figure something sure. out. We'll make him one of the survivors. Yeah, yeah. There, and there you go. There's a lot of the story logic that I wasn't a hundred percent following. Like how the the sort of zombification works but to that point i don't understand how the zombification worked in prometheus either so you know fair well do we need the level set and tell you people what creatures all about oh uh if we can (laughs) yeah um let me see if i can explain uh I believe in you. All right. All right. If I had to briefly explain the plot of this movie, which mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I do right now, our cold open is two. I can't call them astronauts. What the hell are they? 
there's guys in space. On a- they're space miners. Because yeah, 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 yeah. the corporate thing is still yes, there. Yes, very much corporate. Corporate plus like uh, international politics. We've got that in there too. So that's fun. So we've got our space miners who <laughs> have a very comical interaction with trying to recover this thing that we don't know what it is. And uh, it it appears to be like a very dirty plexiglass coffin with some kind of thing inside it. And there's something. Yeah. It's and like I said, very comical, like, no, I need you in the picture. Uh, sit on it. Why don't you sit on it? <laughs> <laughs> like, like at some point I was like, I don't think there's a script. I think they're just kind of saying what they think they should say throughout this movie. <laughs> Um, it does have a very fly by the seat of its pants yeah, feel to it. Like there's um there's a premise that they're giving them, and then they're like go from there. So the, the creature, the titular creature, uh, just disrupts this mission, and um, I don't even know how to s- explain what happens. Like with <laughs> one guy seems to kind of yeah. implode in his yeah. suit or just something. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's very strange. They don't show you too much. I'll say no. that. They do not show you too much. And then that's that's our cold open is somebody tried to get this thing. It didn't go well. It got them. And then the setup for the rest of the movie is that we are starting with the Americans who are heading out for a second attempt to go get this thing. But they know the Germans are going to. And this is... The, the Germans have arrived first, so they've got to kind of sneak up to see if they can get it instead of them. And there's rival corporations, the German corporation, the American corporation, and they both want this thing. And they don't want the other one to have it. Right. And uh, the thing is, I mean, it kind of reminded me of uh, the thing. Like, <laughs> it's a little shapeshifty. It's a little zombie. It's a little... The thing that it's doing to them, I'm doing a terrible job at this, is it's taking over their brains. It's not your fault. Trust me. <laughs> it's, yeah, it it's possessing their minds after killing them. Mm-hmm. I think it's confusing. One thing I can't get about that part at all <laughs> is what the creature does right because it, sometimes it feels like it's just this mindless kind of unrelenting force mm-hmm. other times like you say is there a shape-shifting yeah. element because the one character susan yeah she gets taken out yeah but then an alien monster version of her shows up that looks the same but then you find her later on in the west german ship yeah and she's in bad shape yeah. so, uh, so so how does it shapeshift and if so why does it just do it for that one don't tell me Juan. <laughs> it's just because they want to give her a nude scene in couldn't a be. b80s horror film absolutely couldn't be not a chance in the world just because they don't replicate that part any other time in the movie <laughs> oh my gosh when the next victim is like here come in here and it's it's the male space mm-hmm. guy i i don't yeah. i didn't know any characters names except for davison because they yelled it a lot um right but but when the the creature gets 
one of the male crew members and he's trying to like get one of the females to follow him and he's like no just follow me in here i've got something to show you and i was like please be nude please be nude please be nude You're right <laughs> i just wanted her to go in and be like what the hell <laughs> it was just be a naked man and it didn't happen and it was very disappointing to me <laughs> i think we do need equal representation yeah. so there should have been some you know, full frontal male nudity. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. It, just to be fair, you got to even things out. It was, it felt like the setup where he's like, I've got a surprise for you too. And I was like, oh, here we go. And then it, it was, it was not his penis. <laughs> it's disappointing. I, You're like, I was parties involved. so disappointed. <laughs> but I do like that the film does kind of have that 80s, almost porn film feel to it too. <laughs> With the dialogue and the acting. And it's, like, yeah. it's like that's they were making a porn parody and they just forgot to show yeah. all the uh, action, Which if you will. I found to be very, very strange that we get this like nude scene with this woman when the earlier sex scene was shot like very kind of, I'm going to say tastefully in air quotes because it wasn't mm-hmm. tasteful per se, but yeah. it wasn't like exploitive. And then they're like, nah, just kidding. <laughs> well, it's a little bit of a teaser yeah. for uh, was, things to come. I, I was... It it worked. I was like, oh, there you go. I okay. It feels like it costs twelve dollars, and mm-hmm. I really loved that about it. It was such a treat to watch something very, very cheap. Um, after we've watched these very expensive Ridley Scott <laughs> movies just recently, with the last two, what a shift! Right. <laughs> what did you think of the monster itself, the the creature design? Yeah, I felt like the creature was if an alien procreated inside a godzilla right or an anteater yeah both let's say both and this is where the whole you shouldn't show it in full light thing comes back again is it was much scarier in the shadows yeah they do shroud it quite often you don't really get a lot of great shots of it (laughs) there's one or two maybe but that's it and one of the things too that i don't really care for is how slow it is how it lumbers you know and when you see the xenomorph which is just you know like a a marathon not even a marathon a sprint runner Mm -hmm. at you right it's this thing is kind of like all right i'll get there just wait (laughs) wait right there Mm -hmm. i'm coming yeah and they and they do have some shots that are almost like directly lifted from Alien in this film as well. Like yeah. one part where she's working on the little doohickey and the creature's there the whole time, and then it stands up right behind her. That you know, yeah. there's one or two things like that in here. So, but I'm gonna tell you, I didn't hate it. No, right, not at all. <laughs> there's a cheesiness and a purity to it yeah. that I uh, that I admired, and I think Malone does a relatively good job with his budget here oh yeah i think it's the 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 vibe of this thing the tone the um the atmosphere that's what the word i'm looking for works mm-hmm. i think for what this movie is it is fairly effective and as an alien kind of monster movie b movie knockoff you could do a hell of a lot worse oh, i yeah. actually had a lot of fun watching this yeah i i was very entertained i jumped like literally off my couch when she first goes into the German ship and opens the cabinet and a head falls out. Mm. I was not expecting that. Um, it it works. Like it it looks cheap for sure. The creature looks janky, but it was entertaining. I'm not sure if I was supposed to be laughing at the things I laughed at, but I did. That was fun for me. I was scared, and it was exciting. I yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. And, like, 
I feel like some of the other actual alien movies were less enjoyable than this because I'm not holding this to any sort of high standard of this is in the series of one of the most perfect films. I was like, this is just kind of a copy of a copy of a copy of that. And it looks pretty good. Yeah. You know, and the special effects guys, and I'm, I apologize. Mm -hmm. I'm very disappointed in myself. I'm blanking on the guy's name. They ended up going on to do special effects in aliens. Yeah. Creature design stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they did some of the puppets, I think, for like the puppeteering work. Um, yeah. So, you know, people people learned on this. That's valuable. I think we can give this movie a little bit of credit for the learning curve that probably contributed to something good in Aliens, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think so. Um I can't I sorry, I cannot get past the fact that I don't believe there was an actual script. Like do we do, <laughs> do you remember the one part in the movie where I again, I don't remember anybody's names. Basically every time a scene is happening though is a man and a woman. So they do split up into yeah. couples just quite a bit. A woman was talking to a man and <laughs> one of them just goes, "What?" and then the other one just said their line again. And I was like, "Huh. You don't see that in movies." Yeah, no, just Corey was spacing out at that moment. Yeah, it was it was so strange. I was like, "That's that happens in real life all the time. People have to repeat yeah. themselves. It doesn't happen in movies." Not typically, no. I was I was floored. I rewound it to watch it again. I was like, "I can't believe this just happened." <laughs> I will say it has one of my favorite actresses of the '80s, uh, Wendy Shaw, is in this film. Uh, she was the one that played. Uh, what am I blanking on? Beth. She's the one that stayed behind oh. when everybody else went to the German ship. Yeah. You out of anybody in the film, if you watch any '80s movies, you may have recognized her. Thought, why? Where have I seen yeah. her before? Because she was in uh, Inner Space, Batteries Not Included, The Burbs, mm. um, My Girl Two, not the first one. Mm. So, um, but yeah, no, I was always a big. I think I had a. I think uh, young Chris had a little crush on Wendy Shaw <laughs> when he was a kid back in the uh, early '80s. But uh, yeah, so it was fun to see her when she popped up. I totally didn't realize she was in this. Yeah. And I own this. So Vinegar Syndrome <laughs> put out a Blu-ray of this just this past year, late last year. And I was all excited about it because what had happened is this is basically kind of been out of print for a long time. Mm. And the director, William Malone, had released The Titan Find, which is his director's cut, which is about, mm. I don't know, six, seven more minutes long. Uh, and really not much to it. There's a lot more exposition and then a couple more gore shots, like when that one guy's head explodes when he mm. shoots him in the head. Yeah. You, which is a great one, by yes. the way. If you're a gore hound fan, like I, one of my favorite things in horror films when I was a kid was uh, some form of decapitation or some kind of head explosion. <laughs> That's why I love Scanner so much. But there's a great one in this. Oh. And in the extended cut, after the head explodes and they cut back to the actors, they go back to it one more time and look at it. And there's another thing, too, with um, that one actor who tries to convince everybody to come over to. The same guy, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he first, I think, has his face ripped off a bit, yeah. there's another shot on that. That's another great effect, too. That worked really well. Yeah. It was so, so bloody. Good. So bloody. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Malone's director's cut, he actually self-financed and put out his own version of the director's cut and it basically went out of print immediately. And but it's I think it's technically now in the public domain. So oh. there was a boot 
version, an unofficial version, I think, of it on Amazon mm-hmm. and for five bucks. That it was billed as Creature, but it was actually the Titan Fine, the director's cut oh. version. So I bought it and popped it in, and I said, "That's not too bad for a DVD copy, bootleg copy of a, a you know a film that's thirty plus years old." And but then I heard this Vinegar Syndrome set was coming out, which concluded this uh, director's cut as part of it. So I went and I gave my my DVD to this guy who runs this local video store here. Because I'm buying the new blue from him. Let me give him this one because he's just starting up. So I can give him some stuff yeah. you know, that I'm not going to need anymore. And I pop in, I watch a director's cut again because I'm thinking, oh, this Vinegar Syndrome cut's going to be great. And it's not. <laughs> the problem, my DVD actually had a better transfer. Oh, the no. problem is the DVD is sourced from Malone's own transfer. And Vinegar Syndrome, I believe, got theirs from MGM. And it's very, very dark. Mm. Like, so dark, you can't see what's happening half the time. <gasps> AVPR style? Yeah, worse. Oh, no. Because also, it's not in high definition. You know? oh. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I think it's two, I think they did a 2K transfer on it, but it's still really dark. Like, you can't really see the monster at all. Mm. And uh, it's very disappointing. So, now I'm actually going to go back and see if he's, if he's sold it yet. And if he has, <laughs> I'm going to buy it if it's still there. <laughs> buy it back from him. But um, yeah, so outside of that, as I'm, done, I think I'm gonna try wrap up rambling shortly. <laughs> the Blu-ray itself from Vinegar Syndrome, the theatrical cut, looks fantastic. Oh. It's crystal clear. Oh. It's gorgeous. <laughs> and really, that's I, it's fine. You're fine with just that. And it's got a couple nice featurettes, some new interviews with the cast. Nothing with Kinski, of course, because um, <laughs> a he's dead. In B, if it was something old, they probably just didn't have enough cocaine. But yeah, I would pick, if you're a fan of this film, I would not hesitate to pick this up from Vinegar Syndrome. It's a great, the theatrical version looks fantastic. Nice. Nice. I I mean, if if you're on the fence, go for it because I had quite a time watching this. There you go. That's, would you give it a score? How many would you give it like an egg score? Yeah. If you're comfortable doing that? I think so. I mean, we rated an audiobook, so at this point all rules sure. are out. And now I'm like trying to look at my spreadsheet to see what did I give that damn audiobook? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I was generous, wasn't I? Three and a half, Three yeah. Three and a half. Can I change my score going back? Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to give creature three and a half. Wow. Yeah. I had a ball. So fun. Good for you. So fun. I would probably give it three. Now, if I excise it from the alien universe, which I think is probably what I should do, I'd probably go a little higher. Mm-hmm. But if you're comparing it to the other films in the franchise, it's it's going to be a little lower. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. In the franchise that inspired <laughs> it, I should say. Yes, correct. But but you've also got to keep in mind, this is chronologically only second. So yeah. this is before everything else That's that true. was to come. So, um, yeah, you know, I I had a good time with it. It was scary, funny, but there was more going on in the story than some of the other capital A alien films. Mm-hmm. Like more sure. going on with the motivation of the crew, more going on between the crew members, the whole mystery of their security detail and how she just disappears for half the movie and then is like yeah. i got lost i got lost and you're like but what uh felt like a lot more story going on than some of these other alien sequels and i dug that you know 
A, I guess, yeah, what could have presented an opportunity for like an offshoot sequel to find out what she was up yeah. to the whole time. And this, I do feel that the film could have maybe been improved a little bit with some kind of plucky robot pal. I don't know. That would have been fun. And then what else would I maybe have liked in this thing? Hmm. Male nudity. I don't know. Yeah, besides that, that's true. <laughs> Obviously. And I do like I do like that they incorporated too the uh TIE Fighter blast sounds yes. from Star Wars <laughs> as the door opening sound fact. Yeah. Sound I was effect. like, huh? Oh, I know that sound. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure how you get away with something like that, but uh, all right. Impressive stuff. Yes. <laughs> it it was fun though. I Yeah, absolutely. I, I for sure enjoyed it. Um since we gave it a rating, did you have a favorite performance? Oh, that's a I good don't know question. anybody's name, so hold on. <laughs> I maybe would go with the put upon Captain Mike Davison, played by Stan Ivar. Mm. Who like he's very like, I'm the captain. They're yeah. like, yeah, well, I'm the guy in charge of this mission because I work for the corporation. He's like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know, he's all, yeah. he's always upset and stuff, but he's still, he, he knows something's up. Something's up. He just can't put his finger on it. Yeah. So I'd probably go with uh, Captain Mike Davis. And though, of course, shout out to uh, Ms. Wendy Shaw mm. as well. But yes. Yeah. Uh, I got to go. And Klaus. Oh. You going to go Klaus? No. No. Uh, I'm not. I. I have to go with Ferris's dad. He was, Fair enough. He was just making me laugh from the jump. Just like that that scene again, it's like the first scene with this crew when he's asked, like, well, why do we need a security detail? Why do we need a security officer if we're just going to do a recovery? And he's like, in case. And she goes, in case of what? He's like, I don't know. I've never been there. <laughs> That's exactly how he <laughs> delivers that line. I was cackling. I rewound it to hear it again. It was so like, That's I don't good know. Stuff. I've never been there. Like it was real. I was like, whoa, this is a very authentic film. <laughs> I Yeah. I, probably my favorite scene is, is, is a Klaus Kinski scene though. Cause he's, he's chowing away <laughs> and he's like, me, you know, I can't tell you what's happening, why I'm here and what's happened. I can't tell you, but maybe I will yeah. tell you. <laughs> You know, it's just yeah. very funny it's, how he does that whole thing. Oh, my gosh. What are we up against? No, no. No, no. I, I shouldn't tell you. But then, yes, why not? If we are friends. It was very enjoyable. Like mm-hmm. I want, I'm gonna watch it again. Like no doubt. Yes. I, I just, it was so fun. It was so Absolutely. silly, and like, it it's different enough that it's not like you're bored with the beats of the story. Like, oh, uh, and then this happens because it's an alien movie. Because it's it's not. It's yeah. It's different enough. It's just got a lot of things you've seen before, but it was fun. There you go. Endorsements for Creature. How do you like that? Absolutely. Okay. You want to wrap things up now, boss? Yeah. Take things home? We got to take a little journey back. Do we want to recap the ratings? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. All right. So going all the way back to our first episode, it was just you and me. Mm -hmm. We discussed the OG, the reason for it all, Alien. And we both gave it five eggs. Perfect film. It's fucking great. So argue with us, like, please <laughs> bring it. <laughs> uh, 
Um, in our second episode, we were joined by your co-host from the first run, Matt. Mm-hmm. We watched Aliens. And across the board, the three of us gave it five eggs. Yeah, absolutely. One of his favorite films of all time. One of mine. Uh, very rewatchable. Uh, just an absolute blast, that film. Yep. Yeah. It was, it was a joy, again. And then we watched Alien 3 uh, with our friend Sean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were not as excited this go around. Uh, Sean and I both gave Alien 3 two and a half eggs. You gave it two. How you feel about that? Still? I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the assembly cut I enjoy more, mm-hmm. but not still not great. Still not great. The, the, the story of that movie is more interesting than the movie itself, I think. Yeah. I would agree with that for sure. Then we took a weird turn and we did our Alien 3 audiobook mm. based on the William Gibson script. And we were joined by Jason from Binge Movies. You and Jason both gave the auto- audiobook two and a half eggs. Yeah. And I think I was feeling generous and I gave it three and a half eggs. And I don't feel good about that. I think three <laughs> is what it should have been. <laughs> I may even go lower right now. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more. It's so sloppy. Yeah, I just very disappointed with yeah. it. I was so jazzed to kind of continue the story of mm-hmm. Hicks and and Newt yeah. and all that stuff. I affirmative, but <laughs> I uh, I uh, still it's it was it was a big disappointment. Yeah, I think that's kind of what influenced my score in giving it a three and a half. Was I was so frustrated by Alien Three at Newt's dead, Hicks is dead. By the end, Ripley's dead. That I was like, ugh, what a what a mess. You ruined everything I liked. And so to get the audiobook version where all of that's undone, I think that's why I gave it such a probably overly high score. Yeah. Yeah. Just I can't follow you that. Yeah. All right. Then we moved on with Sean from Cheap Seat Reviews. We watched Alien Resurrection. We, we kind of covered a little bit of a range here. Sean gave it two and a half. Mm-hmm. You gave it three. I gave it three mm-hmm. and a half. Yeah, you know what? That was a lot better than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed that film a lot more yeah. than the first time I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I enjoyed it more than I was expecting to, especially after how much I found Alien 3 to be a downer. I was like, yeah. well, this is just strange. And mm. I'll take strange over depressing anytime. <sighs> then we shifted. Do we, yeah, do we want to talk about <laughs> the next film? I like. We, we could just <laughs> pretend no. Uh, Then... Then came Alien vs. Predator, and Robert Yannis Jr. from Crooked Table Productions joined us, and um, <laughs> I still, I I gave AVP four eggs, <laughs> and uh, you and Robert gave it two. I feel like the general consensus of the world is more on your side than mine. Rightfully so. <laughs> It is abysmal. It, and I, I think the key takeaway for me from that episode was just that this is when the franchise really just became, you know, IP. It just became uh, property. Yeah, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, mm-hmm. And and as we discussed in that episode, that was the first of these films I had seen. So that didn't hurt me. I was just like, yeah, fun. So I didn't have that impact my yeah. my perception of the movie scoring it then even having watched all the other ones up to that point by then it still it did not uh dampen my joy at all <laughs> well, you're a big latham fan too I, I so do. I, you know she's great 
Yeah. Oh, man, what did she show up in that I was watching the other day? Oh, Succession. And I was like, yeah, she still looks good. <laughs> Love, her. <laughs> Love her. Love <sighs> her. And th- then from AVP came AVPR. Mm. Aliens versus Predator Requiem, which we never talked about. It is not a Requiem. Like, we didn't discuss yeah. how stupid the title is. It's it's not. Like, that's not what's I happening. I never thought about yeah, it. That's yeah, that's real dumb. Um, we... We were joined by the lovely Claire from W Rated, who, like a champ, watched all of the movies in the series. <laughs> and um, she she enjoyed AVPR more than AVP, which is still very upsetting to me. Uh, none of us really loved it. I gave it a one. Claire gave it a two. You gave it a three, but that is a three for the unrated. Correct. The overly if it was- violent Yes. Super intense, underrated version. Received yeah, that movie. film is much a straightforward horror film. <laughs> the slasher movie basically is what it is. Yeah. And I really, I, I enjoyed that ride a lot more than I did the theatrical version. Absolutely. <laughs> then our next film took us back into, I guess we could say, alien canon. Because at this point, mm-hmm. AVP and AVPR no longer exist. Uh Megan Kearns from Spoiler Peace Theater was on with me, and uh, I gave it a three, she gave it two, and you gave it a three and a half. And we didn't get to discuss mm-hmm. that one like live uh, yeah. at the time, but you still feeling solid on that score? Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy Prometheus still. I think it has one of the most intense and terrifying scenes of the entire franchise. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind the ambiguity of that film as much as the two of you did, because Listening to you two talk about it, it was <laughs> now I have no lost experience, so I think maybe that might be why. Uh, so I'm a little more forgiving about it. And mm. of course, we come around to Prometheus. I'm sorry, we come around to Covenant, mm. and Ridley decides, you know what? If that was too ambiguous, let me explain everything to you. Yeah, yeah. I, I with Prometheus again, I'll say that it is an enjoyable film. It's just mm. not gorgeous a good alien story. It's not an alien movie. It's a movie about David, uh, yeah. in my opinion. So it's an enjoyable movie, but I didn't like what it did for the series and the story overall. I, not a fan. But Yeah, no, it's a more a philosophical science fiction film yeah. than it is anything else. Oh, yeah. yeah. The last one in the series, Alien Covenant, David Rosen from Piecing It Together was on with us. David Rosen loves Alien Covenant. He does. He fucking loves it he gave it four and a half (laughs) eggs i gave it two because i did not like it and you were between us you gave it a three and a half yep yeah Yeah, there's a lot of i think there's a lot to enjoy about that film uh i i yeah i like a lot of stuff in it like david like walter i like the cast i like a lot of the ideas scott puts forth in this i think some of the effects may not be as strong but still uh i think it's a fun little haunted house and kind of gets more back into the spirit of the first film that's go. our that's our score recap. I made a chart, y'all. I'm gonna put it on Twitter. I love your. I'm looking at it right now. I love your little your chart yeah. with the grades, the guests, and then you and me. That is, yeah, it's it's awesome a- and terrifying <laughs> that you did that. Just if I don't match up with <laughs> the trends, <laughs> I'm like, I cool. like this thing that everyone thinks is bad, and I hate this thing that most people think is okay, at least. <laughs> so. Yeah. But, you know, it's nice to see a visual representation of hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours of movie watching. We've gone through our scores, 
But we've got to reflect back on our favorite performance. So each film, we all picked a favorite performance. Can you choose a favorite individual performance through this entire franchise? There's only one option. Yeah. There's only one. So tell us what it is. I know we're going to agree. If not, I'm just going to hang up right <laughs> I'm now. I'm scared this- we're not going to. <laughs> making me very nervous. I believe the answer is Ripley and Aliens. Correct. Okay. Right. Hands down. It's- the only Oscar nomination for any of the roles in any of the films. Yeah. That's science, as we know. That's Academy right. Award nominations are science. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's They never get anything wrong. Never. Never have, never will. So... Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I know, I mean, I remember we talked years ago about your affection for Green Book and how you thought it was one of the greatest <laughs> films ever made. Oh, so, can I and tell you how many times my dad would just casually bring up to me how much he loved Green Book? And I'm like, Dad, I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. I've never seen it. Please stop. And he's like, it's really good. I'm like, Dad, oh, God, no. stop. It's, it's made for him. Like, yeah, yeah, he's in absolutely. his 60s. Absolutely. He th- he finds it to be very progressive as a film, I think. Good for it's him. like, as a great movie. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh. But yes, no, there is no other answer. Yeah. I mean, Ripley and Alien, she brings so much depth to that character, how she's able to embrace the, the motherhood that she lost out on, mm-hmm. you know, with her daughter. And then she becomes the archetype. She becomes Ripley. Yeah. In that film. Yeah. Oh, so good. It, it you're it is the only answer. I I don't want to hear anything uh, from you, David Rosen, about how it's Michael Fassbender in Alien Covenant. Like it's not. <laughs> it's not. No. There's no options. <laughs> I like. I've just decided what his answer would be, and I'm disagreeing. He's not here to defend himself. And then honorable mentions for me would be you know the interviews of Winona Ryder oh. for <laughs> oh. <laughs> Resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, I say that's that's right up there too. <laughs> Luminous. I keep going yes. back to that word. Yeah, it's it's correct. Yeah. There's no other word. Oh gosh. Well, no. All right. Well, then I think if I'm going to ask you what you think the best film in the series is, it comes down I think the two, right? Yeah. And I think this is where we're going to disagree. So, which is your favorite of the entire run? Ugh. Take creature out of it. Mm-hmm. Which one is your favorite <laughs> of the entire run? I've gone back and forth on this. I really have. I didn't think I was going really? to. I have wavered. Um, huh. It honestly, it it's it depends on the day. I'm gonna say what kind okay. what kind of mood I'm in. Which one I'm gonna say is my favorite. I think today I'm feeling aliens. Mm-hmm. That's where I thought you were gonna go yeah. with. I think that that would be your favorite. Now I. I will agree with you in one capacity that I think depending on what mood you're in will determine which of the two films you will watch. Mm -hmm. But I think hands down the best film in the franchise is the first film. It's so good. I think though Aliens is fantastic, I don't think it's a perfect film. Alien is, mm. and uh, that's why I think it's the only option I have. It's that for I I watched that movie. Probably at least uh, at least once a year yeah. for the last probably twenty years of my life. I love it that much. It's got so much going for it. It looks gorgeous. The performances are fantastic. The score is Ooh. beautiful. Yeah, and it's terrifying. Yeah, and what Scott is able to do with that film, it's just 
it's perfection. So I think the only option, obviously, for me is Alien, the first film, is the best in the franchise. Yeah. I know I'm like going out on a limb here. <laughs> I feel uh, this is like a strange thing to say. It's going to sound like I need a like a wellness check, but I would just like to have that movie on all the time. Yeah. Like if I'm not watching something, like if I could just have a movie playing in the background while I'm working away at the day job, like that would mm-hmm. be fine. If that was just on in the background, that would just, sure. I feel like that would be nice, which I think is weird that I think that that would be nice, but I just, I like the vibes of it. You know what's funny? I would think I go I would go no with you on that. I would think in that specific capacity, I would go Aliens. Oh. So I think Aliens is a movie you can drop in and out of at any point. Sure. Yeah. I think Alien is a film that kind of just wraps you up and doesn't kind of just grabs a hold of you, doesn't let you go. And I I would I would not want to do that with Alien. I for Aliens absolutely, <laughs> but not for that first one. But I will say I listened to Goldsmith's Alien score much more than I do Horner's Aliens score. Mm-hmm. I think it's just I love Horner's score. It's great, but Goldsmith's is just it's one of my all-time favorite film scores. So, and I listen to that pretty frequently as well. Yeah. I, we we did not discuss doing this beforehand, but would that would you say that that's your favorite score since you've had Score Corner going this season? Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. As I said, Goldsmith's is it's one of my all-time favorites. And I I loved the one for Covenant because it brings back yeah. Goldsmith's score and kind of works it in. And I love how seamlessly he does it. But no, there's there's no competition. In fact, the the gulf between Goldsmith's score and Horner's score is much wider than the gulf between the two films are. Ooh. Though I love Horner's score, Goldsmith's is just it's a it's in a class also. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Good times. All right. Anything else that I forgot to do? I don't think so. I think that's it, right? Yeah. I, this was a lot of fun. Yes. I, I hope you enjoyed it. I know that you hadn't seen a lot of these. <laughs> of so them, I yeah. think that was great. And I hope you had fun yes. with this. I had seen, I think, everything except I hadn't listened to the audiobook, mm. right? I think that's it. So it was a lot of fun for me to revisit these as well and get a new perspective on a couple of them too. So yeah, no, this was, this was great. Yeah. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed going through the franchise as a whole, even though nothing (laughs) kind of compares to the first two, which were the two that I had Mm -hmm. seen previously still like kind of going through it, seeing different directors takes on the story coming back to Ridley Scott at the end definitely recommend checking every single one out even the bad ones just to kind of (laughs) educate yourself be like claire and take them all on there you go but if you're gonna watch requiem make sure you watch that unrated (laughs) that double disc d blu-ray set i think is routinely on sale on amazon for like four bucks and includes both unrated versions in that set so that's what i did i just bought it for four bucks just to have it so you can't go wrong there yeah and then I imagine all of these things, once you get tired of them, are going to your new uh, DVD friend, the new store. Maybe. Well, <laughs> I tend, yeah. I only give up stuff that I'm replacing, that that I'm upgrading, typically. So you have I to I rarely keep, get rid of stuff. You have to keep AVPR in the library. You have to maintain possession of it. I would. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? You never know. I just, because I never know when I'll get bitten with the desire to watch it. And I don't trust streaming services. No. You can't. 
No, you can't. things disappear. Especially for stuff like the unrated version of something. Mm-hmm. That will, at some point, likely go, especially now, with Disney owning this franchise, it's very likely that something like that could be lost. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So we'll have a poll up. We want to hear what your favorite of the franchise is. We want to hear your favorite performances. You can vote on that. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Screen Run. You can also email us here at the show, ScreenRunFun at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at the Lady One. You can find Chris on Twitter at CG Scalzo. And you can uh, listen to all past episodes of the show at ScreenRun.Fun or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please give us a rating. Please. Can we have five stars? Pretty please. Uh, five eggs, if you would. It's a huge help to the show, and it personally makes me feel happy. So do it for me. Let's get Juan into ventral. Let's get that <laughs> serotonin fire. Come on. Uh, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to take a little break, and then we'll be back with a season three. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know what it's going to be about, you're just going to have to stalk us on Twitter. There you go. We'll drop some hints. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you, everybody. Take care of yourselves, and we will uh, see you soon. Very soon medium soon (laughs) I need time I need the rest (laughs) I think there's something I should tell you what's that I'm not exactly what you think I am I have a confession to make. I'm not a regular doctor. What kind of a doctor are you? Well, I'm into biophysics. I mean, I know medicine. It's just that that's not exactly my field. That's okay. I have a secret of my own. Oh, yeah? What's that? Oh, here we are.